Okay, testing, testing. Yes, Dwayne, that was very funny. Ha 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 ha. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Starfield with Normal People. My name's Dwayne, and I'm here with my good friend Michael. Michael, what's going on, man? Yeah, um, well, I'm just, you know, playing Starfield, and man, I love seeing people pop into the Discord. And I do too. Reading all their stories, and... We're building and, such an awesome commu- community. Yeah, I yeah. I can't say community, but we're building it. <laughs> we're building <laughs> we're that building thing. It. He can't say it, but we're, we're Commun- making one. Community. Um, yeah, it's really fun. Um, and so if you haven't joined the discord yet, definitely click the link. It's in the show notes and come on by and share your screenshots. Like it's adding a whole layer of excitement to the game that wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. For me at least. I don't know about other people, but there's like this, and I said it before, there's a sense of community that you get in the discord and now you have reasons to do things in the game that you never had before. There's a lot of uh, hate out there <laughs> on the internet, and so yes. it's nice to have a community. Uh, you know, I was actually thinking the other day, I was like, man, our intro should be, uh, welcome to Starfield with Normal People, where we love the game but criticize it just enough to show that we're not shills. You know what I mean? It's like, but that's we still plan. love the game, you know? Um, yeah, but- that's a good point, and I think when you're on YouTube or some of the other social media sites, you see these TikTok or, or YouTube stories that are very negative. The lead, it's it's clickbait. It gets it, clicks, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, this is what's wrong with Starfield. Actually, I've been seeing this, uh, this I like one movie thing on Facebook, and now I'm getting the, all the Facebook feed stuff, but it's this horrible series of articles on Screen Rant, and I hate to even say the website's name, but... yeah. They have to be pointed out for, for the atrocity that this series of articles is, which is taking all our beloved Gen X classics, like the Goonies and Raiders of the Lost Ark, like <laughs> iconic films. Yeah. And saying this is like the title. It's like the 10 reasons why Raiders of the Lost Ark has not aged well. And like number one is like the special effects don't look so oh, great. Yeah. I closed the article <laughs> so fast. I mean, first of all, I was like, I'm not even going to like, you what know, garbage. Oh, it, it totally was. It pissed me off. It must have been like AI or something. It's, because, it's no, it, AI would not be that dumb. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and I love, I love when, you know, the articles are like, here's 12 reasons why such and such is actually a bad film. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's not. First of all, yeah. people liked it for some reason at that time. Like, so are we really like, there's so much that has happened. Like since the, like I was thinking about this with Ghostbusters, Mm -hmm. it's interesting watching Ghostbusters now because it's not structured great, (laughs) but that's because we have like Hollywood has uh, refined for better or worse a formula for movies. And we are so accustomed to that formula. They have. Yep. And I feel like, you know, to bring it back to Starfield, I, I feel like that happens with games, too. Games are such big budgets, they can't take risks. And so you, a lot of them follow a formula. You know, you look at Call of Duty or you look at, um, you know, I don't want to get hate, but a lot of what PlayStation games do mm-hmm. it follows a very specific formula. Absolutely. You start out in a pre-game cutscene that maybe takes place later in the game but it puts you right into the action yeah and then you're dumped into the the actual first part of the story act one if you will right yeah and and it's like the way collectibles work and the way that you know exactly where the third person camera is and the way Mm -hmm. that it goes into cinematics it's it all follows a formula and we get comfortable with that formula and so whenever a game or a movie uh sort of goes outside that formula, it's tough to know if it's good or not. That's why it feels indie, wrong. indie games are so important because they're yeah. doing things that are against the, the grain. Um, yep. And they're doing exciting things graphically too. Like a AAA title couldn't make a video game that looks like a 1980s Tandy you know, computer graphics or yeah. like Amiga or something like that to go way, way back. But... Yeah, I mean, indie, the whole indie scene is important. And then 
what's interesting is like the AAA titles will will see what indie games are doing and then they'll sometimes take those ideas and implement them into mainstream gaming. Yeah. And so you know what's interesting is so Starfield, of course, Bethesda is not an indie company. Not at all. They're not. However, because Todd, uh, he definitely has Who's, who? Todd <laughs> Todd Howard. <laughs> um, he definitely he has his hands in kind of every decision. There was actually an article talking about how some former employee was like negatively saying that every decision would go through him. And I'm like, he's the Steve Jobs yeah. of Bethesda I'm like, yeah, <laughs> with his black turtleneck running around. And <laughs> he's the director. Yeah. That's what he, yes, yes. He wants to make those decisions. That's mm-hmm. what happens. If you have a, a, a huge title with no focus, it becomes a mess. So right. I'm for the Todd Howards of the world. And that's the thing is like, is yeah, that's what makes it almost feel like an indie game, even though it's a big budget triple A game, mm. is because you have somebody with a vision, it's not it's here's the thing. I don't want to discount the team because a whole team yeah. makes that game. Wait, he didn't make this all on his own. <laughs> <laughs> on his own. On a in unity. On his just yeah. <laughs> in his garage. There's a whole team, so I don't want to discount that, but there is a person with a vision making decisions. When you the have, auteur theory in film, right? Yes, but there's there's counterpoints to that too, like right. And like, what's interesting is like the the most famous auteurs in film, all, almost always, are very humble and credit their crew a lot of times. Not always, they, right? But they like should, Scorsese, and, yeah. If you talk to him, oh yeah, he's very complimentary of the actors. And and he's like clearly the, an auteur. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And I've seen Todd definitely credits his team. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he the, he gives credit to the team, but having that singular focus is so important. That's what, to me, makes it feel like an indie game. That's what makes it feel like it takes risks, which is important in games. Mm-hmm. What's and a risk in Starfield? Give me an example. What is a risk? Yeah, I might be completely wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, but let me to, think. To put you on the spot. Uh, no, like, no, I, I think it's good to put I me don't on the spot. Disagree I made with a statement. Yeah. No, yeah, I think a risk would be, well, actually, one thing that we wanted to talk about. The decision to have a th- over a thousand planets or moons mm-hmm. that you can are explore. somewhat empty, that you can explore. Mm. To me, that is a risk because... Um, you're actually seeing a huge debate going on right now. You had an interesting quote from someone on Todd's team. Yes, in a recent interview. So they had Todd Howard there, and they also had Ashley Chang, who is Bethesda's managing director. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about the Thousand Planets and whether it's overwhelming or that kind of thing, and some of them being boring. So people are saying they're boring. So Chang said... That not every planet is supposed to be Disney World. And then she said, when the astronauts went to the moon, there was nothing there, and they certainly weren't bored. Now, this has sparked some debate, Mm -hmm. because (laughs) when you're an astronaut going to the moon, that's real life. Yeah. The threat of death is all around you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And just (laughs) relying on 10,000 of the lowest subcontractors for your spacesuit. Just the adrenaline sure alone. Yeah. And then of course you're in a low gravity environment in real mm-hmm. life. So And Kubrick's uh soundstage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want to get into what really happened. Um, but the thing is, like, it's an interesting statement that I think we should talk about because um I get where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And, but I also understand the people that are like, what are you supposed to do on these planets? There's nothing, there's just rocks. It's the problem with being famous and saying literally anything. Everyone will dissect every little section, every, every word, noun of your, of your sentence and put meaning into it that you didn't really infer. Point is, you know, not to defend them or even infer my own meaning, but I get where she's coming from. Um, it's the excitement of exploration and that initial discovery. Yeah. Um, of course, 
it's way different in a video game. A video game is a heightened sense of of excitement and it's a movie. A movie is not the same as reality. Right. A video game is not the same as reality. So that's that's where the arguments are coming from, right? Yeah. So there are some uh there has been some developers that have said uh like, oh, it shouldn't have been a thousand plants, it should have been a hundred more well crafted planets. Mm-hmm. So that to me is an interesting debate because I, so we're going to talk about this. We're going to kind of do devil's advocate for the, the hundred planets argument. Mm-hmm. hundred versus a thousand. hundred versus a thousand. I am 300 team, in here with the, the Spartans. With the Spartans. Yeah. I'm team 1000. Right. I'm team 100. This is Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> we need like, ka-ching, like a sword, swords mm-hmm. clashing here. Blood splatter. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. Let's hear about the argument for 100 planets. Yeah, 100 planets is Fallout 4. Okay, hear me out on this. Fallout 4 is not procedurally generated. It is a crafted game from bookend to bookend. Everything knows where everything is in the code. It's not created on the fly. Ergo, if... Bethesda wanted to continue to grow as a company. They needed to up their game. Procedurally generated content is the future. And it allows for a timeline that will expand this universe indefinitely. You know, people could conceivably be playing this game 25 years from now. I still play video games from 25 years ago. Yeah. Believe it or not. So that's easily conceivable or longer heck i have a classic arcade cabinet in my office yeah and when did pac-man come out 1980 i mean that's uh 82 or 81 how long ago is that yeah so if you're if you're talking about hey 100 planets would that have made a, a better initial game for 99 percent of the players yes i agree with that because I just saw uh, another article, or at least a Redditor had pointed out that the achievement of, I think it's called like boots on the ground. Oh, yeah. It's it's landing on 100 different planets. Right. Take a wild guess. How many Xbox players have that achievement that have Starfield installed? See, I would have guessed like 30%. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed that because... Tenfold you're off. It's 3%. Yeah which is, is stunningly crazy. low. Now, yeah. I mean, there's a thousand, so that's not even 10% of, so 3% are hitting 10% of the planets. How many people right. have, have hit, you know, 250 planets? <laughs> like yeah. 0.001%. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, given this, this game has less. only been out for three two, months. Two months. Yeah. So, I mean, months, it's not yeah. quite fair to make this comparison right now, but I mean, even... A year from now, will it have changed that much? I don't think it will have. I I wonder. I feel, yeah, I don't think it'll change that much. I think that that achievement will go up only to maybe like 10%. I don't Is even it, think it'll get there because wow. more people will install and play oh, once true. the game goes on sale or, you know, yeah. on, on PC. Or they get least. Game Pass or, mm-hmm. yeah. They'll try it and they'll go through the storyline. That's line. true. So that's interesting. So, so if if most players, if ninety seven percent of players are never even gonna hit a hundred planets, mm-hmm. yeah, was it was it a mistake to do a thousand? That's interesting. Um, you know, and I also see an argument uh, about the procedurally generated content. Uh, I see people talking about how they prefer Skyrim's exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing there to me, it's even though it's both exploration, it's to me, it's apples and oranges because in Skyrim, the idea is there's this country and, or a province or whatever, and you are exploring it and you're becoming familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Games like Skyrim over time, you're supposed to say, oh, I know this road. I know where that town is. And you, st- you, you 
are supposed to feel like you live there. Nostalgia and it's world building. It's world building. That's a major negative with Starfield because you have the hubs kind of New Atlantis. And so there's a little world building there. But beyond that, right, you don't have that familiarity of or maybe you do because you can go back to, and to your outposts and stuff. You have the familiarity with the towns and such. So my point, though, is I'm fine with it. I'm fine mm-hmm. with Star, Starfield. In fact, I prefer this. I'm not saying that I prefer it over Skyrim and getting familiar with the land. I'm just saying I like the different experiences. Because if you're making a game about space, nothing should feel familiar when you go out to a planet in a random point of the planet. I I keep going back to this idea of Minecraft. Mm -hmm. Minecraft is 100% procedurally generated. The funny thing about Minecraft is I don't, I personally, I don't like the way it looks. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it though. Because it's Minecraft and it's cute and it's whatever. But the my point is that the magic of Minecraft is every time you start a new world and you look out at the horizon, it is new and different. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I will be playing Starfield, if I if I continue to play it for years, I'm always going to see new vistas, new mountains, new hills, new like rivers and, and yes there are rivers they're rare but you can find them oh it's, I, I don't think i've seen a river yet they're very very rare i think mm. i've only seen so i've seen pick a picture of one yeah and i've also seen like in my own games i've seen like some dried up riverbed right areas i've seen rivers of blood <laughs> yeah spacer blood so it's just different experiences and i just i feel like that's appropriate for a game about space could they have done spent more time on 100 planets still use procedurally generated content and made kind of that initial experience better cuz i remember taking it back to when when i worked in the industry i was in game testing they always made us test the first 10 hours of the game more than the rest because they knew that that was going to be where the reviews come from, where the main player experience is. We hardly played the last level. Like I remember on European Assault, which is a PS2 game, taking it way back. I mean, the number of times I played the first two levels, thousands of times. The last level, a dozen. You know, like, yeah, yeah, we can get get to the end. Okay, that level's good. Yeah. The first level, you're like, can I fall through the cracks? Yeah, try to break it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I think, would it have been better if Todd said, we're doing 100 planets, and then we're going to take extra time, and 10% of those planets, we're really going to tell the procedural generation to go hard on these 10 planets, and I mean, I, I don't know, I, I think, can't even make that argument, really. Well, here's the thing. You're asking a valid question, and this is that's the question that everyone I think is asking. But what here's the question I don't see anyone asking, and I think this is more important. If you strip away all like the game that exists right now, if you strip away all the procedural planets and the emptiness and the POIs, you take all that away, and you only leave the handcrafted content. Is it a complete game? Mm-hmm. Because their claim, and I haven't verified this, but the claim right from the get-go was that despite the procedural stuff, this game has more handcrafted content, like levels, characters, etc., than any of their previous games. Right. If that's true, then the whole thousand planets thing and boring planets mm-hmm. is kind of moot right it's a moot point because like i see people saying like oh the, the all these empty planets yeah but you can ignore that if there is a complete and full game that takes you 30 hours to complete and then on top of that there's all these other empty planets mm-hmm. then that's just gravy let me ask you this in Minecraft, there's the seed, which yeah. is, I guess, the start of a procedurally generated world. 
Right, where so, you can actually get the same procedurally generated world as someone else. Thinking from a modding standpoint, could I grab someone else's seed? And, <laughs> and, um, you know, here, here's where I'm getting at. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of ways to get people excited about these thousand planets. Right. What if you could own a little chunk? Yeah. <laughs> a little chunk of a planet yeah. somewhere. And you could go... And your friend could see maybe your out. I mean, this is getting crazy technical, but I don't know. I'm like, maybe if players could own, pick a planet, own a part of it somehow. Yeah. That would perpetuate into other people's games. Now, I'm, that's well, no, that no, idea is but crazy. You're making a good point because th- we've already seen this sort of done mm-hmm. in in No Man's Sky. I was gonna say Homeworld. Like Homeworld, I don't think that's oh, procedurally that. generated. I'll let you finish right. with No Man's yeah. Sky. Well, in No Man's Sky, it's procedural, but it's all based on a seed. Right. So it's all mathematics. And and in that game, well, in that game, they have, you know, billions and billions of planets, mm-hmm. theoretically. Because it's it's sort of like endless. Billions? Yeah. <laughs> but it's... However, you see the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like there's like twenty or seen so. Seen one, you've seen a billion. Yeah, it get it get it gets that way. And I I love the game, but it's a it seems like a simplified looking game compared to Starfield. Starfield mm-hmm. obviously it's more recent. Um, so Starfield to me looks a lot better. But I played a lot of um, of No Man's Sky, and yes, you could land on a planet and even though it's procedurally generated when your friends landed on that same planet in the same spot it mm-hmm. looked the same right they had, they had the same mountains and the same valleys etc so it is possible that kind of happens in starfield because as we're finding out with the sack the uh right. things that people are seeing are pretty much the same they're just kind of in different spots right yeah the only thing that i question is Something that it was either Todd or one of the developers said in an interview, they clarified that, well, you know, the if you go to that same planet, you probably are not going to see the same areas that your friends do. But I don't know if that's because it's generating differently for each person or if it just, it like you know that when you put a point down on the map mm-hmm. and then move slightly a few pixels to the left, that's a whole new area. Right. You're so not going to run into your old landing spot when you make a new landing spot, even if you try to get it right yeah. next to the first one. Only if you, yeah, only if you go, yeah, to the marker, like on the map. Mm-hmm. But so my question is, did they say that we're not going to see the same thing as our friends because there's so many Every almost every pixel is a point, you know, a landing spot, or is it because it actually is generating differently every time you play? Yeah, that actually made me think of like each each pixel is a separate generated huge swath of land, right? Yeah, massive. What, what was it? Four hours in one direction walking, or something like that? Something like that. Seventy-five minutes, or whatever it was. Oh, it was. I think it was like forty-five minutes, but like running and jetpacking. Okay. I don't know. Something like that. And it, they say it's bigger than Skyrim. Each swath of land is bigger than Skyrim. So what if Starfield wasn't Starfield and it was Earthfield, and you're just basically exploring a planet because you would have conceivably as many. Oh, opportunities yeah. over a thousand you would basically have millions of quadrants or or procedurally generated boxes oh yeah content on one planet as i mean starfield has that too but starfield right. doesn't dedicate they they only dedicate resources or biomes per planet whereas like an earth-like planet can have thousands of different biomes that is so okay. What this is like the first interesting argument I've heard. Like where, yeah, I think you could you could absolutely take this system and make an entire game that is very interesting 
based on one huge planet. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you could like I, it's you know it's really funny. I've seen people post screenshots where they've got like hundreds of markers around oh, wow. the planet. That's cool. Because they just kept landing in different spots and checking things out and scanning. Instead of going to a hundred planets, they went to the same planet a hundred like times. A hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so instead of like getting to a screen after 45 minute run that says, sorry, you're too far away from your spaceship or you reach the boundary or whatever, all you would have to do is hide it so that you right. enter a cloud or something and then you're in the next quadrant. Yeah. What would be, yeah, I wonder what would be an interesting way to do that. But I'm excited for mods on, on PC and Xbox Wait. that will open this up. Let's go back to what you just said because okay. I just I just realized something that I wish they had done. Mm-hmm. I wish instead of it saying go back to your ship, I wish it just said you've reached the end of this area. Would you like to continue to the next one? Mm. And I don't even care. You know, people hating on loading screens. I don't even care. But imagine if they did that and you just it just blacks out for a second. And then loads you in the next one. And you're at the very edge of that one and you keep on going. Right. I would be into that because if you could map a giant section of that planet, like square by square, Mm -hmm. that could be, I don't know, that could be interesting. That could be. I also just now thought of an idea where you call your ship to you. Yep. So no man's like, sky does that. Does yeah. it? Okay. Yep. Um, but that'd be neat to see your ship to say, Hey, beep, I need my ship to me. And it takes off and it flies over to you. I know yeah. you can fast travel to it, but it'd be cool to see the ship al- come to you. They already have the animation yep. of the ship landing. It, I, I agree. And like, I love when I'm in a town or whatever, I love seeing uh, the busy spaceport, mm-hmm. the ships coming down and going. Right. I really like that. And it would be cool to have your crew bring your ship to you. Um, do you have anything else to wrap up the 1,000 versus 100 debate? Or what, where do you stand on, I still, on that? I still stand on the 1,000 planets because the game has only been out for two months. And they are going to support the game for five years. They're going to add DLCs. It's... You know, I believe it when they say that this game will be a modder's paradise mm-hmm. because they they will be able to choose one of these planets and craft a new story on it. Right. And we're going to we're gonna get that for years. Mm-hmm. I see this game as like with their schedule, we're not gonna see Starfield 2 for a long time. I might be dead. <laughs> like, because we've got <laughs> We're now waiting for the next Elder Scrolls, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited about. Fallout. Fallout was will be after that. Yeah. I don't even think it's I don't think it's announced. I think they just yeah, they said there was something that, that is the next weeks. thing. Yeah. Yeah. They just said, yeah, Fallout's probably the next thing. So we're so it's gonna be a long time before we get Starfield 2. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't need Starfield 2. Because if in between these other games if Starfield is successful enough, they'll make another content pack, another story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and I'm just thinking of all the 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 official DLC as well as the mods for Fallout Three. Mm-hmm. So that game, the experience from day one versus day ten thousand when you could buy it with all the DLC and and go and look at all the cool mods like yeah. updated graphics and whatever else. I mean, it was a completely different game, more or less. But I, I loved in Fallout 3, we got Point Lookout, mm-hmm. which was like the bayou. And it was a big enough area of land that, like, if you wanted to just role play there, you could just go there and stay for a long time. Yeah. And then uh, similar to, I, and I made this mistake in the, I said Point Lookout was in Fallout 4. Fallout 4 has... Fallout 4 has Far Harbor, which mm-hmm. similarly, it's like a fishing town, so different from the rest of Fallout 4. 
And yeah. it's big enough that you can just live. Actually, do we want to talk about the possible survival mode and what I think Bethesda needs to change? Sure. <laughs> I was talking to some friends and I said, I love Skyrim and I love survival mode, but survival mode just showed how Bethesda some, for some reason loves to program all their missions to be like, go here, now go across the map. Okay, now come back and tell me mm-hmm. what happened. Fetch fetch quests. Yeah, but like that's fine when you can fast travel. But I remember playing survival mode and just saying like, I want to just stay in an area and do everything there and then move on to the next town. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible because you'll go to this town you get and they'll new quests. say, hey, can you go across the entire map? And, uh, and so I... I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm expecting from Starfield because it is a space. You know, you you're, it, you are supposed to travel back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think I'm okay with that if it's like you just have to, you can't fast travel to your ship. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's in their game development mind, they're thinking, how do we get the player to spend more time in the game if they get new quests, we send them to a new place. So there's the excitement of going to a new place. You're always seeing something you're seeing different. Something new. You're yep. getting a quest to go here, go there. So it doesn't. It makes the fetch quest feel a little more interesting. And then you have your main storyline, you know, in the middle of all that stuff. So yeah, there really isn't. I don't know that there's a better way to to do a game like that. Yeah, just, I don't know. It's just how you craft it and how you make the experience that makes it, you know, less of a bitter pill to swallow, I guess. We've seen all different types of space exploration games. We've seen outer worlds where it it it's just a small area and then you're told that you fly to a new area and then it's another small area. Mm-hmm. And then you have other games like no man's sky where it's seamless star travel down to the planet you land, but like you want to talk about boring, Mm -hmm. like these are very empty planets, like even more so than Starfield. Yeah. And I I loved it quickly has to go play some other games and realize how great this, that Starfield is, how amazing it is. It's a combination of all these games. It's doing, yeah. I'll give you a quick example. I was on this little tiny planet called Pup One, just a little ice ball. And I was just kind of, I forget, I had to leave my computer. I came back for a second and I noticed because it was a small planet, the the sun was moving, the star was moving across the sky very quickly. Oh, interesting. So I was seeing these long shadows creep across the land. And it was just really well done. I'm like, yeah, you know, the, how they did this, uh, to make this happen, it took a lot of work and it paid off. Uh, and, and then also it's not the Milky way, but whatever galaxy I was in was a visible, you know, in the sky and it was moving and then the sun was moving and it was just like, and this was just a barren ice planet. And um, and they say that the sun is it's all in like perspective of where it is in that solar system. Right. So like the system. time is kind of brilliant. Like the time works, like how the plant the size of the planets and how they're yeah. you know, it's it seems to be all calculated. You mentioned shadows. This is something that doesn't uh you know, we we talked about how there's a lot of things that are not immediately apparent Mm -hmm. one of the things is the way that shadows work Mm -hmm. 99 percent of the time it just looks like a regular it looks like any other game and then there was a moment where a ship was landing i saw that friggin shadow from across like the entire landscape Mm -hmm. moving like moving across the the ground to meet where the ship landed. That's awesome. And Mm -hmm. it's those little moments where you go, Oh wow. Like the real time shadows in this game are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. 
And most games to save bandwidth or, you know, processing, there's a certain distance at which you won't see those shadows anymore. Right. They'll fade away. And that, it's such a small thing, but that is what is making this game push to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it, and I go back I, to what yeah. I said before, which is it feels, it feels like this is a Lego set that they have given us. And mm-hmm. There are other Lego sets that we're going to get mods or, you know, or DLC, DLC official. And we'll be able to build onto this uh, existing base plate, if you will. And I don't know. I'm excited about just the continued support for the game and and more discoveries. And I think, hey, if you're if you're getting kind of, you know, bored with the game, then just look around once in a while. Because yeah. what I what I found, I was like, oh, I got to get over to this base, and so I'm hopping over, you know, um, you know, boosting over to wherever, and I was like, this is kind of boring. But then I started looking around and seeing, kind of, in, in going back to um, the Bethesda executive who was talking about, they weren't bored when they landed on the moon. It was that kind of feeling of like this experience of you know, flying across a, a new planet and seeing new things. So, I mean, yeah. that, that does only get you so far, but if you're sure. ignoring it all the time, that's that's my point is like, take a look around once in a while, look up in the stars and look on, on the ground, the features, aside from, um, you know, the mission, I guess. And can we just say that not every game is for everyone? Like, if yeah. you don't like that, if you don't like looking out of the horizon or exploring or looking at the stars, uh, this that's game okay. Is not go for play Spider Man too. Yeah, <laughs> for play Spider Man too. Yeah, go through. Yeah, I saw I heard people that like. Amazing. I, yeah, I hear it's amazing. Definitely not um, talking smack about Spider Man, but it's like that's that formula. Mm-hmm. That's that formula of the third person action game from uh, you know Sony. And it's a great formula, but you're going to finish the game in 20 hours and then that's it. And that's fine. I love short games, by the way. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing about also Starfield. I get it. I get that. Yes, their points of interest are very copy paste. Mm -hmm. Am I disappointed? Yeah, I'm disappointed because I thought the points of interest, like the labs and stuff, would also be procedurally generated Right. So that the hallways would be different. That is a bummer. I wonder if they tried that and it was just frustrating because it's like a yeah. room that dead ends and then another hallway that dead ends because it's all procedurally yeah. generated. I like, mean, other games have done those it. Sometimes are tough, have they? Yeah, there's games. I mean, there's so many procedurally generated like dungeon games now, mm. but mm-hmm. I could see Diablo where two. Three, I could four. see where it messed with their physics and stuff. And like their, you know, we talked about the junk placement, like mm-hmm. the stuff in the rooms. I don't know, but here's the thing. Somebody actually uh, posted on Reddit. They were like, what the heck is this? And I will, uh, I'll post this image in the Discord when the episode goes live. Mm -hmm. It is a horrendous creature. And apparently, you know how all the creatures have a name and a level? Mm -hmm. This one has no name. It just has a level above its head. Whoa. Apparently, there are still things in the game that are very rare to find. Mm-hmm. So if if anyone, you know, if you're, uh, like Dwayne said, if you're getting bored and you still want to keep playing, you should know that, you know, after a while, you'll see the same animals, you'll see this, you'll see that. But there are still rare things that only pop up every so often. There is no cow level. No, yeah. Diablo's got that cornered. <laughs> Actually, was there a cow level in the new Diablo? I don't even know. There is no cow level. What? <laughs> well, apparently um, there is very specific questing. Kill 666 cows. Wait oh, okay. 666,000 seconds. And then kill another 666 cows. And then receive an artifact. I don't know. It's pretty complicated, yeah. but wow. it's just the kind of thing that, uh, you know, Blizzard has been known for to <laughs> yeah. send people on these quests to get crazy items. You know, I remember doing stuff like that in WoW where 
you needed to unlock a pet or a mount and you had to go jump through all these hoops to get. And then when people saw that mount, they're like, oh, that's so cool. How do you do it? I'm going to look up how to do it. And then you look up how to do it and you're like, yeah, I don't have 500 don't free hours to go. I don't feel like doing farm that. 10 million of these crystals to turn in for this. And um, If anyone wants to find the creature that I'm talking about, uh, so this was posted on the Starfield subreddit by someone named PS1 Gamer Collector. And someone uh, replied and said that they are called Hunting Silverfish. So I don't mm. know why the name wasn't above the head for this. It was player. one of those head delete bugs. Yeah. Um, someone said that they have encountered them uh, in Kazal near the sulfur mines. Mm. That's all I know. Go go find it. <laughs> Apparently they're yeah they're pretty terrifying. I saw a really neat video of a a huge insectoid insectoid creature that I was like oh this is awesome like I didn't know there were giant animals and bugs and aliens right there aren't it's it, someone just went to the console and, oh. and typed in you know whatever the console yeah. command is to make the creature bigger but they should. Because they it's should. awesome. I don't know yeah. why they did. I mean, probably processing and all that, you know. Yeah, but I hope. Yeah. The scale, it was it was this giant kind of like, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like a segmented insect thing with horns, you know, kind of like a praying mantis crossed with a worm or something. But well, what's cool is you're flying around it and you're like landing on it. And I don't know. Oh, like it, yeah. It, just, it would seem... Like that would be a way that they could, they could really bump up the excitement of the these next creatures thing. by scaling them to. in different ways. They've got to, because I know that that yeah, you don't get anything massive, but I've I've seen some creatures that are pretty big, mm-hmm. and because of the game, like how far away they process things, yeah, shadows and creatures, seeing larger creatures on the horizon, like way in the distance, where you kind of go, okay is that thing as big as I think it is? Like, cause sure. I feel like they're far away. That's such a cool feeling. And I, I'm just imagining something even more massive, something gargantuan. Yeah, I agree. Am, am I the only one that. that walks into a cave and sees like those little petrified bugs and is like kind of initially freaked out. Cause I have my scanner on and I see like petrified animals and I think they're real for a second. So I switch Wait over to my gun. I don't even that know. That hasn't happened to you? I haven't seen this. Hmm. Yeah. You've been in caves, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hate caves. I hate caves. Caves are pretty, like... They're hard to navigate. There's nothing... Is there... What do you do in caves? There's nothing I, in there. Right? I haven't been rewarded It's purely enough. for scanning, right? Yeah, and even then, I was on a planet where I could not find the final resource, and I was like, fine, I'll go in a cave. And it wasn't the, I and then I didn't find anything in there. Like I just just a waste of time. Yeah, they're really small. I'll firstly. say, and then yeah. there's there's petrified lots like the little cockroach looking smaller stuff. I guess I've often, missed that. Off to look. But I saw bigger petrified stuff in the last one I was in. I have a funny thing that happened to me in a cave when I was first playing the game. We had you, you and I had talked about terramorphs, and I had said that I had not seen a terramorph yet. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't done any of the stories that like take you to see a terramorph. So what's funny is I got to a random cave, and the first time I encountered a terramorph, it was a it was an albino terramorph. Oh wow! And it was this white, pasty, you know, pinkish, you know, modules That's or whatever on it. It was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> And I was just like, wow, this is funny. Like, Wait, that was in the cave? It was in the cave. No way, because I've never come across anything alive in any of the caves I've been in. Yeah. So to find a terramorph in a cave, that's so that's what should be in caves, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Well, Something for me. terrifying. <laughs> for me, it was. It was like, yeah, it was scary. Like, I think I got into this this cave, and there were, like, some, like, dead bodies I was, so then I'm like detective mode. Ooh, what mm-hmm. happened to them? And then friggin' albino terror morph. Well, let's wrap up our 100 versus 1,000 planets, Michael. I'm I'm leaning toward the 1,000, but I took the 100 planet just as dev, devil's advocate. But yeah, I look. The amount of planets isn't all that important. 
it's kind of the overall gameplay as always. Right. And I do think that it's it's probably better to have more than less, especially when it's procedurally generated. Why not? So yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, let us know in in Discord or on the YouTube channel. Type a comment. We love to read them. Would you rather have a hundred planets that are more fleshed out, or ten, or maybe even just one, where you just go to a new section for hundreds and thousands of times? Should we cover? They have a, a patch coming out. Should we cover that real quick? Yeah, they've got a patch coming out soon. It's going to be in beta testing on Steam, which I think is really the smart way to do it. Totally you is. Know? Mm-hmm. Don't roll it out to the general unwashed masses until a <laughs> yeah. few of us hardcore PC gamers get in there. And, you know, we'll let you know about our complaints. Yeah, I, I'm going to do the beta because it's offering DLSS, right? Which it's they had that whole AMD exclusive where you know apparently they let Nvidia card users. Uh, left us out to yeah they had a deal with amd so they they left you out to dry well let me ask you this Mm -hmm. are you going to venture into that beta with your character or are you going to create a new character just in case yeah i'll just use my character i'm only still at level 21 or something i've been taking it really slow although i did i went out i did some xp farming just because i wanted to get the the last shotgun certification yeah i did that and then this last uh, episode, of course, I did Bessel 3B. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I yep. um, also did that ex- exploration of Pup 1 and uh, ran into uh, colonists for the first time, which was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. but um, Those are fun to yeah, find. Yeah, I'll do the beta. Uh, why not? If it breaks my game, then it's not going to be that big a deal to start over. Mm-hmm. I'm up to level 63. Congrats. Yeah. And then what's crazy is then I have this friend on Facebook that he he was like, oh, I'm level 103. And I've done like he's literally done everything in the game mm. like before. Like he everything that he's he's saying <laughs> all thousand that, planets. <laughs> he basically is saying that like he was waiting to liar. do new game plus until he had like basically cleared his entire list of. Which is insane. I, I don't mm-hmm. think I ever cleared my list in Skyrim or Fallout. Like that's a monumental task, honestly. Yeah. But honestly, I I've done more in Starfield, like completion wise, than I've ever done for Skyrim or Fallout. I'm feeling like I, I haven't because I don't have as many hours in as Fallout Three and Four. But I'll probably get there. For some reason, there's just something about it that's it's easier to to want to keep completing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Should we get into our listener feedback? Yeah, listener feedback. And uh, are we combining that with the Starfield Adventure Club? Yeah. I mean, our our sack is bursting with great stories. <laughs> the Starfield uh, Action Club, Adventure yeah. Club. The Starfield Adventure Club. Yes. So for anyone that's listening for the first time, Starfield Adventure Club is when we pick a planet Sort of, but not really at random. And then we ruin your game. <laughs> and then we, yeah, we break, yeah, like we, uh, yeah. Dwayne almost broke people's games last last week. Sorry, um, but uh, sorry ish. I think it, I think everyone was fine. But we all go to the same planet, and then we share screenshots and stories. And some people make stories like they have a whole narrative, which it is, is really awesome. Fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking of creating ranks. So like five sack reports ranks you up something like that like maybe we can do flair of some kind whether in discord or oh we should yeah so like you have five stories five five sack reports and you get like adventure unlocked or something yeah we've got to do something like that Yeah. so we've got good ideas and also i want to make a coffee mug that uh is a prize for like Oh, the yeah. Starfield Adventure Club story of the week, and you'll get a coffee mug. Is that is that too expensive? Can we afford that? Can we afford that? Maybe. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it we out can, of my we own. We can do it. I'll mow some lawns this week and, and earn some extra dollars. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's been some awesome ones, and I want to reward our listeners. Uh, and everybody drinks coffee or hot or chocolate something. or yeah. something. You can you use can a always, mug, right? You can 
I think everyone can use a coffee mug and even if you don't drink coffee. Yeah, your significant other will will be like, why are you such a, what is this? You're such a dork. <laughs> no, not really. They'll steal it and they'll use it for their coffee. Torsten on our on our Discord found the My Life Chunk by Chunk book. Yes. By the founder of Chunks. And he found that on Bessel 3B, which is where we all went. Um, and I've seen that elsewhere, but it was it was fun that, that they found that there. Chunk by Chunk. Continuing on that point is that Slappy92 found an abandoned outpost where people were saying, don't eat the chunks. Like they, he found mm. little, or he found a graffiti. Oh, right. Like whiteboard stuff. Yeah. Right? Whiteboard yeah. drawings that say, don't eat that the great. chunks. So, yeah. And then someone said, just terrible. And they spelled, oh, that's for the Terra Brew because they spelled it T E R R A. But yeah. So there's a, you know, that's a big debate too. Should you eat chunks? <laughs> Indeed it is. Shout out to Chuck G. Violin who reported on uh, our adventure club. And he said, uh, so I now have two outposts on the vacuum cleaner moon, AKA Bissell, Bessel, mm-hmm. Bessel 3B. One is a mountaintop home with nearly 360 views of the ocean. The other is for the iron I need to build stuff. Are you like me? Are you putting an outpost? Oh, we should put an outpost on every planet that we go to for the adventure club. Yeah. I had to do thing. Yeah, but you you run out unless like you can only can do a, a certain amount. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, you have a limit. On yeah, outposts? so I think there's a limit of it's either five or six. Oh no, way. unless. So I learned something. Yeah, so you can actually unlock uh, outpost skills. Oh, I think then you, you got to spec some points in to unlock more. You, you have to. You can get up to twelve or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Just to finish up with uh, Chuck, he said, even better, my scenic aluminum farm is right next to a deserted elliptical base, so free XP anytime I like. Chuck, thanks for those uh, comments. And we also got a great one from Space Cadet. Zigra Rocks was having some issues, I guess, establishing bases on Bessel, um, but uh, every time he was surrounded by anomalies. Oh, that is an anomaly planet. Mm-hmm. So there was a glitch so maybe yeah, in the, I think, in the universe, because you have to be a certain distance away from them to start uh, an outpost. So that's mm-hmm. probably what they were running into. By the way, is the glitch too subtle? The anomaly is the anomaly oh, too subtle? It's pretty subtle. It's pretty it, subtle, right? I think it's obvious once you've seen it after a bit, you know, after you've done it. But I will say, the first time I did the mission, I was like, "What am I looking for?" Right. So yeah, it, it was very subtle the first time. It seemed like instead of, because that could have just been interference from the planet's surface or something like that instead of, yeah. which is exactly what an anomaly is. So maybe, yeah, maybe they nailed it. But it, I thought it was funny that Zegra Rocks ran into an angry miner in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And she was mad that they were jumping her claim. I, I had guess. the same exact experience. <laughs> um, random angry miner all alone on the middle of, in the middle of nowhere. Instantly accusing me of stealing stuff from them. So that's funny. I haven't I haven't encountered them at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love getting these screenshots though, because yeah, Chuck Violin, Chuck G Violin, like getting ocean view, like almost all the way around. Like I guess they found like a peninsula <laughs> to build on. That's really cool. Yeah. Florida in space. Yeah. That's the game they need to make. Florida in, <laughs> Florida space. in space. Space Cadet says they found a beautiful crater with crystals sticking out of the rocks. He said, not sure if there are any value in these, but it sure was pretty to look at. To my point earlier, right? Running around, yep. seeing, seeing cool stuff. Yep. They also said, uh, but with the scan complete and no more significant point of interest in sight, we figured it was time to call the mission. Not much else to see on this vacuum rock. Thank you, everyone, for uh, you know giving uh, vacuum cleaner references. I was laughing. Yeah, when I, it was when fun. I was yeah. those. RS posted in the Discord and ran into a ton of Varun zealots. Yes, surprisingly, I guess. Um, so I don't know. Did you run? I didn't run into any. None. Yeah, yeah. and they just they just kept coming after RS. So hmm. I don't know what's going on there. Must have made them mad. I'm sure he uh, brought a fruit fruit cake. To give to them. Yeah, you got to have he some was, sort of peace yeah. offering. But yeah, Scotty uh, went to Bessel, but also gave us a nice look at their ship. It's uh, very cool. He did indeed. I love the the ship that he built. It's very sleek. It looks like new Star Wars. You know, like yeah. you get that new 
Star Wars Lego set that I'm into Lego, if you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's very, it's more sleek. It's more, it still kind of has a little bit of human NASA punk to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciated that design. And actually, Scotty wins our Starfield Adventure Club story of the week with his amazing story. You should head over to our Discord and read it in its entirety. Um, he's he's actually probably seen the movie Strange Brew, Michael. Have you ever seen Strange Brew? You know, I never. I know what it is, but I yeah. never watched it. Take off, you hoser. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was gonna say so. Definitely, people should go and read his story and look at his because he's got screenshots and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it was funny. He said uh, he advises everyone don't lick these, and it's like these weird, you know, eggs, uh, fungus or something. Um, right, and he's got a screenshot of his guy the last of us down, <laughs> like licking these things. So that was pretty funny. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, I mean, hey, thanks for for trying it out and yep. being being the the guinea pig, Scotty. You don't get a mug yet. Um, I've got to go mow some lawns, but uh, you get a you get a a nod and just acknowledgement. Yeah, for your awesome story. Turok Dinosaur Hunter shared an image, uh, you know, approaching a view from above vessel three B clever and their ship is called the neck beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to say it's like the neck beard four. I think so, it's six, six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's a good looking ship. Right. And he said that he, uh, he found a, or he captured a huge class C ship with a crazy powerful reactor. So pretty soon he's moving on to the neck beard seven neck beard seven. And, yeah. And- you know, Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, I tip my fedora to you, sir. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> Milady. But he has yeah. a C-class license already? Oh, I got to spec more points in, in piloting. I had to do that. I need three more points to get to C, C-class. I only have the first point still. After two times where I tried to hijack a ship and it was like, you can't fly this, mm-hmm. I just was I don't even bother because I figure, yeah. like, I'm going to go try to hijack it and I'm going to get stuck in space on a ship that, you know... I can't, can't fly. You can't fly anywhere. And no one else can fly, apparently, even though they have credentials. Oh, yeah. did you see that list? Just getting off topic a little bit. The list of um, the best crew to have on your ship. Maybe I'll find that and link it in the Discord. But no. Sarah Morgan is actually like number one. Her stats are crazy Her stats good. are amazing. Yeah, she yeah. can do it all. She's like, I can do space lasers. I can eat yeah. chunks. <laughs> she does it all. Cargo. I actually just to mix things up. Um, I'm I I left Sarah and, and every like main character. I left them at the lodge, mm-hmm. and I've actually started to just hire like people in bars and spaceports. So oh, yeah. you have like Randos. totally random crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been interesting. Uh, thanks everyone, and of course we need to tell you where to go for this week's. Starfield Adventure Club. Mm-hmm. This week we are going to a planet called Al Batani 2. And so that's Al Batani 2. Mm. And I'll share the screenshot in the Discord as well. But I'll tell you where it is. If you know where uh, Porima is, and if you go on the star map to the right, you will find another little star cluster and in that star cluster is Al Batani. Hmm. So inside of that, I'll be checking that place out. <laughs> inside that little uh, star system, you will find Al Batani too. And this is a rock planet. It is a temperate temperature. The magnetosphere is weak, so hmm. you know that'll be fun jumping around. And then also we've got some fauna and flora. Seven fauna, three flora. The water is safe. So if you want to go swimming, this is the place to do it. Right on. I'll bring my swimsuit. Yeah. Put the whole crew in swimsuits. I know some people have done that, you Mm -hmm. weirdos. (laughs) Like my friends. Speedos. Yeah. So I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Thanks to everyone that listens on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And thank you to those watching on YouTube. All links are provided in the show notes below. An extra special thanks for comments and feedback. We always love reading those. And if you have a comment, suggestion, or an in-game story to share, you can pop over to our Discord. The link is in our notes. And you can also come to our YouTube page and leave a comment there. Indeed. If you like the show, consider dropping a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. 
that would actually probably help us out, Michael. How does it help us out? I think it, it makes it like go. I think when you have good ratings, like I think when you have a good rating, people are more inclined to click on it and check yeah. it out, especially if you have a large amount of ratings. I see. It's not just about the stars. I saw someone put five asterisks in a comment on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, we got that comment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, you can also, yeah, on Spotify, every every time it goes up, there's a little poll there that says, what did you think of the podcast? So love reading those comments there as well. Yeah, they're really fun to read. Appreciate that. Thanks for traveling the Starfield with us. Make sure you subscribe because we will be back for more and a brand new planet for the Starfield Adventure Club next week. All right. We will see you then. <laughs>